0: Hi, welcome to the Charlotte Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message and that it both encourages and inspires you. You can take your seats. Give it up for my Samoan brother, Pastor Jack. Love your passion, man. You know, I know we yell a lot here, but... If we're not passionate and we're on stage, this church has got problems, right? <laughs> you can always take a hearing aid out if I'm yelling too loud. Hallelujah. How are you feeling this morning? How are the Queenslanders feeling this morning? How are our New South Wales brethren feeling this morning? I love it. Hey, you had your year last year, right? This is our year this year, okay? The Bible says something about gloating, but I'm not reading that part of Scripture this week. I will save that for another week. Hallelujah. Good to have Beck and Craig all the way from New Life Chapel down in Aubrey-Wodonga with us on the front row, visiting the greatest place in the entire world, Southeast Queensland. Am I right? Yes. Awesome. Nudge the person next to you, make sure they're awake. Who wants to hear from God this morning? Yes. I, I just It's just way too cold to get out of bed, right? It's freezing, okay? So why did I get out of bed? Well, it's not just to hear a sermon. I could have pressed play on a podcast or watched a YouTube clip in my bed. But I got out of bed because I wanted to hear from God. That's why I'm here. I'm here because I know when I've heard from God, it's brought change. Some of the change I've wanted and some of the change was uncomfortable at time. And then later on, I realised I wanted, but in the moment, I didn't want it. But every time I've encountered God, He's done something good. I remember coming to church, even before I was a Christian, I wasn't sure that God was real. I definitely wasn't there for religious reasons. I wasn't a Christian, but something happened when I got into the presence of God. I remember as a young Christian, a baby Christian, I came into the presence of God and God did something in these meetings, in these moments. There were times when the guy preaching it was like he was preaching just for me which is a little bit awkward I was like has he been watching me he knows exactly what I'm going through right now other times, I was more mature in my faith, but I was still young and dumb. And, uh, and I would come to the place like this and God would challenge me in an area that I didn't even think I needed to be challenged in, but it came in and it brought change. Who's ever had that before? Other times I've came into the presence of God and I've had issues, I've had needs. It might be a financial need, a legal need, some other need. And I came in and I was just like, God, I'm here. And then bang, something actually happened in the atmosphere. I know things happen when we come ready to receive from God, right? So if you are coming ready to receive from God you don't know what he's going to give you it's like Christmas morning right when you're a kid you unwrap in the present you might just like on Christmas morning have things you want him to give you but you're excited if you want to receive from God today I want you to raise your hand I'm going to raise my hand it doesn't matter I got a microphone I don't care I want God to bless me Lord Jesus we are here we're in all kinds of different places. We've come from all kinds of different backgrounds and we're in all kinds of different situations, Lord God. But we are here. We got out of our nice warm beds into the cold Queensland slash Victorian weather, Lord Jesus, because we are hungry for an encounter with you, Lord God. Like getting dressed up and going on a date, we want a date with King Jesus. We are here. We are in your presence. We have bought the coffee and we are willing and ready to receive whatever gift you've wrapped under the tree, Lord God. Whether it's a blessing, whether it's a challenge, whether it's a conviction, whether it's a miracle, or God, whatever you've got, we wanna unwrap it right now. So God, I give you authority over the atmosphere. Have your way in this place, on earth as it is in heaven. Do your thing, Lord Jesus. Do your thing, Lord Jesus, in our lives, in Jesus' Name. And everybody said? Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's it, give God a hand. So I was reading this part of the Bible the other day, surprise, surprise, it was unusual. I wonder if you can guess what it is. It's an unusual part of the Bible because it affects every single person on the planet. It's unusual because not only does it affect every single person on the planet, it affects every single person on the planet that has ever lived. It affected the people before the scripture itself was even written from Adam all the way through to now and beyond. So you might be thinking, I know what it's about. It's about Jesus. And it... It is and it isn't about Jesus. Like it's about Jesus. Sure, the whole Bible is about Jesus. It's the Word of God. And John 1.1 1, 1 talks about Him being the Word. But you could completely scrub out the Jesus bits, ignore the Jesus bits, and it would still be relevant. In fact, so truthful is this particular part of Scripture that secularists who believe that Jesus is a fairy tale still speak the principle of these particular verses because they are that life-changing. Aha, someone says... It's about the devil. Eh, sort of. I mean, it is and it isn't. Yes, it references that. And so there are, you could say that it applied to devil, but there are other parts of it that have nothing to do with the devil at all. So it's not really about that. Us. It's about us. So that's what you're thinking. It's about people, right? It is and it isn't. Because... It is about people. In fact, it shows that people are the most precious and incredible things in the universe. And yet, it also takes a far back look at people as kind of like some kind of giant cosmic game of chess. And we end up being pawns in this very scripture. I could sum up this part of the Bible in one sentence. I could probably also spend the rest of my life studying it. And have more questions and answers because it's both very, very old and yet very, very fresh. Like it was written right here and right now for our culture, our place, and our time. And that is why I thought I don't even know if I'm going to say this because, even though I thought it applies to every single person in the room, when I read it, I thought like it was speaking to me. It's both incredibly simple and incredibly complex. And if you haven't guessed where it is, turn with me to the Book of Second Corinthians, Chapter Ten, Verses Three to five. That's what we're going to be reading. Second Corinthians, which is in the New Testament. So if you've got a physical Bible, you probably have to turn about three quarters of the way through and you'll be in the ballpark. You'll be in the right suburb. And if you've got a digital Bible, you scroll through the New Testament. If you don't have a Bible, you can Google 2 Corinthians, like the doors or the delicious snacks. It's a dessert snack. It's great. You should get on it. Or they'll chuck it on the screen. If you've got no reception because the building's like a concrete bunker, and it's hard to get reception. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse three to five. When you got it, say, got it. If you need a minute. Say, I need a minute. I'll wait for you. Second Corinthians chapter five, verses three to five. Let's eat. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ pause that's a lot (laughs) that's quite a lot it's it's kind of like when you go to an all-you-can-eat buffet right and you look and you're overwhelmed with food choices there's a whole bunch of things you like and you spot them straight away right And then you look at a whole bunch of other stuff that you're not quite sure about, but you're like, hey, it's free. Maybe I'll try to put it on my plate anyway. Even though it's not free, you've actually just paid 50 bucks to get in, but whatever, don't let that ruin your thinking. So you've got all this food there. There's food choices for days and you're not quite sure where to start. That's how I felt about this scripture. There was just a lot going on. So I decided to do what I do when I go to an all-you-can-eat buffet. I stare at the food for a moment. I slowly grab a plate and I put one thing on my plate and I start from there. Want to know the first thing I put on my plate with this scripture? So I read it and I'm like, hmm. I reread it. Hmm. I reread it again. Hmm. And I noticed something that it was saying. It's good food. It's good tucker, right? It's talking about bad things. It's talk about the devil. Talk about strongholds, captivity, all this. There's, there's a lot of bad gear happening in these verses. And yet, even though it's talking about all of these bad things, bad things that you're dealing with, bad things that I'm dealing with, it actually almost normalises them. It doesn't excuse them. It doesn't qualify them. It just talks about them as is. So the first item on the plate, no matter who you are, no matter whether you're a passionate believer in Jesus or you think he's a fairy tale and you've come along today to appease somebody in your life that's been nagging you about church, the first thing you need to chew on and understand is this. Number one, everyone say number one. Having bad emotions, thoughts and feelings is actually normal. Having bad emotions, thoughts and feelings is actually normal normal feeling angry feeling frustrated feeling annoyed feeling jealous getting ticked off at somebody whatever doesn't make you a bad person it actually makes you a normal person but Phil I don't want to be like that I want to think good thoughts all the time I want to have happy thoughts racing around my heart all the time. I never want to get angry. I never want to be upset. I never want to have bad feelings. I never want to have bad thoughts. I'm going to be positive 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Every single one of my thoughts is going to be a divine thought. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. Why can't I have that? And you can have that when you die and go to heaven. But while you are on this little blue marble, you will have those things. That's what this Scripture is saying. It's saying we all have to tackle strongholds. We all have to tackle arguments. We all have to tackle lofty thoughts. We all have to tackle things that are about every single one of us, you and me. So it doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you normal. We need to chew on this. We need to accept what the Scripture is saying about us. And that's what it is saying, which means we need to accept that and target it accurately. I mean, I think about this. I read this. There's a lot of Christians, sometimes even myself, walking around in a little bit of denial. A little bit of denial. I'm not in a war. I'm not wrestling with bad thoughts. I'm not wrestling bad things. I'm a perfect person. I've got the mind of Christ, all that kind of stuff, right? But here's the thing. You can't win a fight if you're not willing to admit it, that you're actually in a fight. hello, hello. So on Wednesday night, had my third baptism. Baptised in water, baptised in the Holy Ghost, and baptised in Queensland rugby on Wednesday night, right? I get it now. I get the sport. Went with my good friend Craig on the front row, and I understand it now, and I feel the passion, right? Not all of the things being yelled out in the ground, I would say, was God-glorifying, but there is my mission field out there. (laughs) So I'm watching the game, right? Who watched the game? Give us a wave. It's a great game. Um, About a minute or so into the second half, for those who weren't watching it, this Queensland player, now I'm still learning all the names, Dane, I think his name was, just starts belting this New South Wales player, right? Just lays into him. I think Burton is his name. So he just, starts, he just starts throwing punches. Now, look, I'm not, you know, settle down, New South Wales people. I wasn't on the field. I don't know what was said or what was done. You know, there's just little you know, little, little dots running around. I didn't see. But, but he starts laying into him. He gets the first couple punches. And then finally he realises, I'm in a fight. <laughs> I can ignore it as much as I like, but this guy's not going to stop. And so he turns around and he starts to take a swing back that's my spirit see i was getting spiritual things out of the game alright don't be looking at me judging eyes. right here's the spiritual thing I was thinking other than like fight fight other than that right other than that that did go through my head the influence of the crowd and all that there's another sermon there somewhere you can't tackle a stronghold that you're not willing to admit is there oh hello maybe this side of the room will listen You can't destroy an argument if you're not willing to admit that you're in a fight. You may not like it, you may not think it's good, you may not appreciate it, but if you won't admit that you're in a fight, then you're never gonna fight back, right? We have to admit that we are dealing with bad thoughts, bad feelings and bad emotions. Hello doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you human. It makes you normal. And you are smack bang in the middle of that. We are in the middle of a cosmic battle and it's not playing out there. It's not even playing out here. It's playing out in here and in here, in our hearts and mind. That's the battlefield right now, your battlefield and my battlefield. There's a war going on, whether you are willing to admit it or not. But Phil, I'm a Christian. Great. So that means you get to deal with the devil and then your old self likes to pop up like some undead zombie and then I don't know about you, maybe it's just Pastor Phil, nobody else, but I have a whole lot of bad thoughts and memories over the years that seem to pop up every now and then and cause pain. Anyone else like that, right? And so you've got all that stuff that you're dealing with right now and it all forms some kind of little you know, thought tornado and just rips through. But here's the thing, I can't tackle it if I'm not willing to admit that it's actually there. It's there. I can pretend it's not there. I can say, well, I don't have those thoughts and feelings, but it still does damage. So the quicker I realise that I am in smack bang in the middle of the fight, the quicker I can actually get a victory because closing my eyes and pretending that it's not there doesn't actually make it not there. Hello, who knows what I'm talking about, right? Now, I'm not a rugby aficionado yet. I'm learning. I've got my little training wheels on, right? So I don't know this Burton fellow very well. He's not a friend of mine, although you know, I'd welcome the friendship. You know, New South Wales people are people too. So um, sorry, Beck, we love Beck and Craig. They're from New... Craig's a Queensland guy, Uh, you know, he's a man of God and uh, he's married to Beck and Beck's a New South Wales girl and, you know, know, Jesus loves people too. So anyway, the point is, I I don't know this Burton fellow. I don't know, I don't know. New South Wales people can tell me afterwards. Maybe he doesn't like fighting, he's still in a fight. Maybe he's anti-fighting, he's still in a fight. Maybe he didn't feel like taking a swing. He's still in a fight. His feelings and his thoughts about it doesn't change the fact that he's in a fight. And you may not like some of the thoughts that you're working through. You may not like some of the feelings you're tackling. You may not like some of the emotions rolling around your head, but they are actually there. And the quicker that you accept that, the better it will be because you can't take a swing at something that you don't think exists. Hello. So can we just all get a little bit real? I know we pretend we're all perfect. We've all got some stuff rolling around our hearts and our heads that we wish wasn't there. Hello. I'm no different just because I'm a pastor. The Scripture doesn't exclude me. Sometimes I think things and I'm like, yuck, where did that come from? Or I just find myself drifting off into thought and I'm like, how did I get here? I don't like this. Or sometimes, don't know if this has ever happened to you, some memory that I don't want to think about just pops up one night like an uninvited guest at dinner and ruins my night. Anyone else ever felt like that before, right? The quicker that we accept that, there are times I felt like that Burton girl bloke and my brain just keeps popping all these thoughts in and I'm like, hello brain, stop. Just me? 20 of us. We just have to accept we're in a bit of a brawl here. It's happening whether you want it or not. It doesn't make you a bad person, it doesn't make you a bad Christian, it makes you normal. You put the scripture on the screen, all right? Notice that it doesn't say, for the weapons of our warfare are needed for those bad Christians who are still somehow having to deal with destroying strongholds those weak and pathetic Christians still having to destroy arguments and those dumb Christians tackling lofty opinions because they're so lame, they don't understand the knowledge of God. And if you're one of those immature believers, you better tackle every thought and bring captive to obey Christ. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that at all. It uses the word we, which means everybody. It means the person next to you. Wives, don't nudge your husbands. It means the person in front of you, it means the person behind you, and it actually means you and me too. I'm no different just because I'm a pastor. I could read this whole scripture and chuck my name in it. For though Phil walks in the flesh, he does not wage war according to the flesh. For the weapons of Phil's warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy Phil's strongholds. We destroy Phil's arguments and every lofty opinion Phil has raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought Phil has captive to obey Christ. I could read the same thing about Craig. I could read the same thing about you. I could read the same thing about absolutely everybody. It means everybody, including you and including me. So you're not bad because you have bad thoughts or bad emotions or bad feelings. You're actually normal. That's what this scripture says, which gives me some pause for thought. Okay, I'm in a fight. Okay, I get that. What's actually taking a swing at us? Like. This Burton guy, I noticed something while I'm watching this brawl. He didn't close his eyes. (laughs) He tried to figure out who was punching him so he could punch back, right? So who is the guy or the girl or the thing or the whatever that's taking a swing at us? What exactly is it? This is one of those times when you are and I am. Wonderfully successful 21st century people going out and killing it at life and putting up great posts and letting everybody know how wonderful we are. And we're so busy being wonderful, successful, awesome, incredible people. We actually don't take the time to think about what we're thinking about. That's the clue. We don't take the time to ask, What exactly am I feeling right now? Is it anger? Or is it frustration? Or is it actually jealousy that's masking itself as anger? Or am I not even really angry at all? Am I just really annoyed because I've had no sleep for like three days? I'm actually really just agitated and it's taken a two out of ten and it's made it feel ten out of ten? So it's a little bit of a red herring? Is it something else? And I know someone's going to say, yeah, but Phil, I don't like the answers when I ask those questions. I get it. But those answers don't like you, and they're taking a swing. So the quicker you open your eyes and swing back, the quicker you're going to win this fight. See, not only do we have to accept that this is a reality, we have to accurately know how to tackle it back. Because acceptance doesn't mean that you're cool with the thoughts that are in your head, the emotions and the feelings and all that kind of stuff. It just means you're willing to open your eyes and you can't win a fight if your eyes are closed. Who knows what I'm saying, right? So I think, you can all agree, if we're going to have a fight, winning the fight by tackling it accurately is important, right? I noticed this Burton fellow, when he did start swinging back, he wasn't swinging in the opposite direction, right? He knew he had to hit, right? So what are we actually against? It's kind of like a piñata. Who knows what a piñata is? You see it at kids' birthday parties you go and buy this $38 unicorn thing and it's filled with lollies and it's like paper mache and the kid puts a blindfold on and you give them a stick and they belt the piñata, right? Um, But they're blindfolded. So often they're swinging in the wrong direction, which is really funny, particularly when they're your own children, right? It's one of the few times you can laugh at your kids and it's okay, right? It's acceptable in the parenting law, right? And so they're swinging at this piñata, But how much easy would it be to swing at a piñata if you didn't have to wear a blindfold and if you knew exactly where it was? But there's a whole lot of Christians running around swinging at piñatas with blindfolds. And the thing is, God wants us to take off the blindfold. And that's what this scripture is. It's an instructional manual for how you can take off the blindfold and smash the piñata because there's candy in the middle of the piñata, right? So what are your piñatas? Because we're all at war. You're at war, I'm at war, the person next to you is at war, person around, we're all in the same thing. The way you do that is by asking these questions and digging deeper. Let me give you a hypothetical example. Um, let's say we have, say we have a, a girl, and she's friends with another girl, and uh, that other friend gets a boyfriend. And uh, she's really happy, you know, boyfriend, all that. But um, the guy's not that great. You know what I mean? He's not, he's not top shelf wine. You know what I mean? He's, he's not the highest quality guy. And she's looking at her friend going, you could do better than this. You could do so much better than this. This guy's kind of a drop kick, right? And she gets all angry about this. She thinks it's righteous anger. I'm just angry that my friend hasn't picked what she could pick. But it keeps bubbling up. And then this Little prompting from the Holy Spirit comes and says, Hmm, if you were just worried about your friend or concerned about your friend, that's what you would feel, not anger. Where's that anger coming from? Because sometimes that's what the Holy Spirit does. That's what the that's what scripture is talking about. So she thinks, Hmm, when was the last time I felt like this? This emotion, because emotions can be hard to identify, right? She remembers a few years ago, a different friend had something and she felt jealousy. And so she's like, oof, jealousy? But then she's like, hang on a minute, time out. I'm not jealous of this drop kick. I'd never go out with him. Why am I jealous? So she asks the question again. She digs a little bit deeper. Why am I jealous about this? So she pulls out her phone and she looks up a photo of the new happy couple and she notices something that maybe she didn't pick up before. Could it have been the prompting of God? I don't know. But she notices the smile in her friend's eyes, the way she's holding his hand, the joy in her face and she thinks, why can't I have that? I love God. I've been doing the right thing. Why can't I ever find somebody? Maybe I'm just going to die alone. Bang. That's the piñata. That's the piñata. She's just taken off the blindfold. See, too many people would take a swing at anger, but that's not the right thing, is it? Or take a swing at jealousy, but that's not the right thing. Take this single Christian woman. I just made this example up. It's just completely made up right. She might not like the fact that she feels this. She may not like the fact that she's thinking this, but it's very real. Who knows what I'm saying, right? It's absolutely there in her heart. Now, here's the thing. Do you think that she's a bad person? I don't. I think that's a pretty normal thing to feel when you've been waiting a while and you see someone else go through something. I don't think that makes her a bad person, right? I think she's pretty normal. She's single. She loves God. She's trying, but she hasn't got anywhere in the old love game. You know what I mean? and a friend finds someone, and she loves her friend, but the concern that she has for her friend has actually stirred up a deep issue, which has bubbled to the surface. It highlights the war zone in her heart and her mind, right? But until she accepts that she has to deal with this, she can never take a swing at the piñata, right? And I believe that God wants her to take a swing at the piñata. Here's the thought. What are the piñatas in your life? What are the things in your life that God is wanting you to tackle, what is wanting you to take a swing at? Because here's what's good about the piñata. You smash it open and lots of candy comes out, right? There's actually some good things smack bang in the middle of all of this that God wants you to embrace. But you can't embrace it until you accept it, see it, and then bang, go and take a swing at it. Do you want to know a secret? All right. Here's a secret. I'll tell you a secret, right? Only because you guys are my friends. If I have a this message in another church. I'm cutting this bit out, right? Your bad uh, emotions, thoughts and feelings are actually signposts to the blessing of God. <clears throat> See, that means that God is actually using the devil. See, he might have left heaven. He might hate. God. He might try his absolute darndest not to do anything that assists God. But the amazing thing about piñatas is this. God can use the devil. God can use your past. God can even use your bad habits that you can't blame on the devil or your past, just dumb things. God can use all of that to put out a trail of signposts so that you can actually get to the piñata that you are supposed to take a swing at. So in this example I can imagine the devil saying to God I'm going to smash her with anger and jealousy and God going great do that that'll be very very helpful (laughs) because she's now going to tackle this issue in her life and this deep hurt that she's been working through that's bothering her for a long time I'm going to use it to bring healing to her life give it your best shot. See, God can take every attack, every setback, every issue in your thought life, every damaged part of your heart, every painful memory, every difficult experience, and God can reroute those as signposts to the blessing and the faithfulness and the goodness of God. I, it's true. Which makes your bad thoughts and your bad emotions and your bad feelings not that bad at all, if you think about it. We've just been looking at it the wrong way. So why don't we take the blindfold off? and Why don't we start thinking about what we're thinking about? And don't just shrug off the first answer. Well, I'm stressed. Yeah, but what kind of stressed? Are you stressed because you're running five minutes late? Or are you stressed because you're having somebody over for dinner and the dish is burning? And if you dig deeper, what you're actually stressed about is them not thinking that much of you because deep down you don't think much of you. And God actually wants to tackle that part of your heart. Dig deeper, take off the blindfold, take a swing at the spinata, and don't ignore this bad stuff just because you think it's not, um, uh, it's not worth thinking about. Which kind of brings me to the next point of this scripture. Number two, everyone say number two. Signposts are not goalposts. Signposts are not goalposts. So when we talk about signposts and goalposts, what are we actually saying here? Well, let's, let's start with the signposts, the, the bad thoughts, the bad emotions, the bad feelings that I'm talking about right now. Okay, so these bad things, right? They are not you. They are not your future. They are uh, uh, not, you know, uh, not, not any description of who you are as a human being or anything like that. They're just there. Now, how they got there and why they got there and what they're telling you is all very, very important. But you've got to understand what's even more important than that is recognising that these things aren't you. They're not you, right? A signpost tells you something and a goalpost asks you to do something, right? When you get these two confused, you will end up in enormous amount of trouble. Like, uh, you know, a signpost says, well, this place is this many kilometres away. Can you imagine... If you got up to drive to Shiloh this morning and treated every signpost as a direction rather than just a piece of information. Oh, the sunny coast, that's good. I'll just go there, so you go on that highway. Oh, Logan, I'll just take that exit. Oh, Brisbane CBD, I'll just take that exit. Roma, I'll just drive towards Roma. 12 hours later, you break down 80 k's out of Longreach wondering what happened. That's the kind of crazy stuff that happens when people take signposts the wrong way. Imagine if on Wednesday night, in the great game, go Queensland, in the middle of that game, when the kicking had to happen. Imagine if rather than treating the goalposts as goalposts, they treated them as just general information, things that could be ignored. And they turned around and they kicked the other way. Can you imagine that at the game? Can you imagine the fans? Goodness gracious, having been in the crowd, I think there would have been a riot. You know what I mean? But can you imagine that? And that's, though, the kinds of things that happen in our life when we mix up signposts and we mix up goalposts, we get ourselves at best very confused and at worst very, very hurt, right? You can't allow these two things to get confused. The the emotions and thoughts and feelings that you think about are actually there to give you information, but they're not there to give you direction. So treat the signposts as signposts and the goalposts as goalposts. Don't say, I am this, I am angry, I am frustrated. Say, I feel frustrated, I feel angry, I'm thinking this. Here's why. The scripture tells us that some of these signposts come from the devil. Now I know you've had some bad days, but you're not Satan, okay? Can we just chill out? Anyone agree with that? Half the crowd, whew, the altar call is gonna be fun. Um, they're not there to give it guidance and advice because hello, who wants Satan as a life coach? Do you know what I mean? So you take information from these things but you don't take guidance or direction from these things, right? They're just there to give you some information. So God has allowed us to experience and feel emotions, thoughts and feelings, some of them good, some of them not so good, some of them recent, some of them dated. But the reason that God allows us to experience all of this is because it tells us some information that is useful for things, right? Um, I drove to the sunny coast yesterday. It's 127.9 kilometres from here. Exactly, I looked it up. But here's the thing. That information I've just told you does not mean we should all run into our cars and just drive there right now. You know, um, I, I looked it up. Uh, if you wanna to go to Mount Isa, you know, beautiful place. has been to Mount Isa before. Two people. Um, 1,798.6 kilometres from here. But me telling you that information does not mean you should run out right now of this building at full speed and start sprinting towards Mount Isa. It's just information and we choose how we use it and are not led by it. Who knows what I'm saying, right? Why? Because signposts are not goalposts. But Phil, I don't feel like doing that. Yeah, that's cool. I understand you don't feel like doing that, but should you do that? Have a think about it. The if feelings are explaining that you don't want to do it, but have a use of your brain and decide what should I actually do. Say so our, our, we've got to make... Make sure, that we own our thoughts, emotions, and feelings, and our thoughts and emotions and feelings don't own us because they make great pets but terrible masters. If you're with me, say amen. So, I get the signposts, but what are the goalposts? I get the information thing. What are we supposed to be kicking towards, right? A goalpost is God's will for your life, and where exactly is that found? And a little old book called The Bible, right? Um, So let's use an example of that girl I was talking about before. So she has this revelation. She's feeling insecure. She's feeling hurt. And she's tackling some fear right now. She's found the piñata. How do you pop that thing open to get the candy, right? I'll simplify this, but if I was with her I would read Psalm 139 verse 14 which says I will praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made marvellous are your works and that my soul knows very well in other words she thought she was going to miss out because she's not good enough not pretty enough not funny enough just not enough in some area But this scripture is saying the exact opposite. It's actually saying that that's a lie. In fact, the same divine creator that breathed out, you know, waterfalls and like tropical rainforests and, you know, white sandy beaches and all that sort of stuff has taken the care to handcraft her, right? So she is definitely marvellous and wonderful and carefully put together and more than enough, right? So that's cool. She's like, I get that. (laughs) So she's starting to feel better. But she's like, what am I supposed to do while I wait for Mr. Right? What if that never happens? What if, what if I end up alone? Because those things are very real signposts, right? They're very real fears that would be speaking to her, right? So what goalposts can she turn to? Let me read another scripture. If I was there, I would say, I would say this scripture. i say Psalm 37, verse four. Take delight in the Lord and He will give you your heart's desires. So she reads that, she thinks about it for a second. And it's actually the first line that jumps out at her first. Take the light in the Lord. Because she thinks about it and she realises a shift has actually happened in her heart in the last few months. So she's, she's watching all these rom-coms, she's reading all these books and she's watching all these soaps. And in and of itself, that stuff's fine. But she spends so much of her mental energy thinking about Mr. Right, thinking about what her love life's going to be like, thinking about all these things, that that's actually become her delight and it's shifted just a fraction from God. But what happens is, because Mr. Right hasn't come along, it's that hope deferred makes the heart sick thing, you know what I mean? So it just keeps churning up all of that hurt in her heart. And so she reads that scripture. The first line pops out at her and she realises, you know what? Soaps are not the end of the world. Um, You know, the uh, book's not the end of the world. The rom-com, you know, not every rom coms from the devil, but the volume of energy that she's putting into this is actually not healthy for her. And it's actually making the hurt and pain worse, not better. So she just needs to take not a thousand steps back. She doesn't need deliverance, right? She just needs to take one step back from this and begin to put some of her focus on God. She realises, right, that the God that loves her before the world was created, like Pastor Jack was saying, the God that has created this entire universe, the God has meticulously crafted her, the God that has figured out a plan for salvation for her life, the same God that has got her through trial after trial, issue after issue, was there every time she cried, that same God is not going to get her this far and then just turn around and give up. He's still there and He's still present and so she needs to take delight in the Lord that took delight in her before she even created so so that gives her a choice does she trust the one the Bible calls faithful and true or she trusts the fear and hurt in her heart she can only trust one it's a fork in the road so she reads that scripture she reads the second line where it says and he will give you your heart's desires and she chooses to trust this And on those days, when that's a bit hard to do, because we all have days like that, don't we? Where we're like, it's the right thing, but you know, I can't do it. She commits that rather than watching some rom-com and then just losing herself in this idea that is just bringing it hurt, she's gonna call up a good Christian friend who's gonna tell her that she's beautiful that she was worth fighting for, that Mr. Wright is going to come along, that God hasn't forgotten about her and it's actually going to be okay so that it feeds her soul rather than wounds her soul. Those are the goalposts for her life. What are the goalposts for your life? Everybody's different. So everybody has different goalposts. People are like, man, the Bible's a big book. There's a lot of people in this world. There's a lot of stuff we're all going through. We're all a little bit different, right? So we all have to go search out those goalposts. If you can't find them, talk to a pastor, talk to a connect leader, talk to somebody that's wise in the things of God and we will help you find goalposts. Which brings me to my last point. Number three, everyone say number three. You can't capture or destroy what you won't engage. You can't capture or destroy what you won't engage. Now, we get caught up in what the Bible means by the word destroy or the word stronghold or the word, you know, uh, capture. Now look things up in the Greek. I don't know, some guys even watch documentaries about this stuff. I'm actually guilty of all those things. Um, and we get so hung up on all the specific words, but Phil, I got it, and I got it, and I, and, I, and, I, and I get it, I get it. I'd be a hypocrite if I said, don't do that, right? But here's the thing, you just have to take a couple steps back and look at it, and realise, you know the one thing that every one of these things has in common? You have to engage to get victory. You can't have a fight, unless you use a keyboard, from like 100,000 miles away. Do you know what I mean? You have to be in the same space to take a swing, right? You can't I- engage stuff just by sending good vibes, right? Um, you can't capture a robber who's in your home if you're not in your home or send the cops or whatever. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you actually have to engage to get victory in some of these areas. You can't destroy New South Wales unless you're willing to walk out on the field. All the New South Wales guys are like, please get back into AFL. Um, Look, I'm joking around, but it's true. We actually have to be willing to engage our thoughts, engage our feelings and engage our emotions. If we are not willing to engage with those things that we're like, oh, it's a little bit bad. If we're actually not willing to do that, then we will never ever achieve victory in this area of our life, right? And I know you're like, well, Phil, that's really not my battle strategy. I like to just ignore things and they go away, which is a great idea, except for it's not very scientific because psychologists tell us that if you do that, you probably won't have a lot of victory because it's kind of like chocolate cake. Anyone ever been really hungry late at night and you know there's cake in the fridge? Come on, God's watching, right? Show of hands. Now, Krista is a mighty woman of God. She has a lot of self-control. I will start watching TV to distract myself from the chocolate cake. And every now and then I just glance over at the fridge, longingly. I think, man, it would just taste good. Hey, I'm like, no, it's now eight o'clock at night. It's just pure calories, Phil. You don't want to eat that. I think, but I do want to eat it because chocolate's good. I've, now i start to think of all the reasons why I should eat this chocolate cake. Is this just me? It's been a stressful week. I'm carrying a big load. It's not easy being a husband and a father. You know, all these things come through my head, and I just I go up to get a drink because I get thirsty. I open the fridge just to make sure it's still there. All kinds of stuff, you know, rising crime, you never know. Someone might have stolen it, right? I just need to ensure that no one has stolen the chocolate cake. Praise God, it's not stolen. Hallelujah for that. It's right where it it should be. And it's looking good as it should look because it was looking good an hour ago. Then I go and sit down. I start the next episode of the TV show hoping to forget about the chocolate cake. But it plays on my mind till eventually one of two things happen. I either eat the chocolate cake, who's done that before, or I go to sleep grumpy because I didn 't eat the chocolate cake, right? <laughs> that 's what happens when you don't engage. you 're still getting clocked in the head, you 're still in a fight, it 's still wrestling with you. It still pops up into your thought life. See, I use an example of that girl it's made up purely fictional. You know how it kept popping into her head for a couple days? It still pops up until she actually stopped and engaged in battle. She didn't actually achieve the victory, right? Ignoring it or bottling up emotions, thoughts and feelings is not only just not healthy psychologically, it's actually not godly. God wants better for you than that. God wants you to tackle the enemy, tackle your past, tackle your issues. And ignoring it is like ignoring chocolate cake. Here's the thing, you might have the greatest rugby side in the history of rugby, but if you don't turn up to the game, you don't win. There's a whole lot of Christians, not Shiloh people, other people who go to other churches, right? Not as godly as us, right? They don't even turn up to the field. And it doesn't matter that they are filled with the blood of Jesus. It doesn't matter that they are full of the power of the Holy Ghost. They actually don't walk in victory because they're not willing to engage in the fight. They're not willing to go after the enemy, go after these thoughts, go after these feelings. Take a swing at the piñata, right? And if you don't tackle these thoughts, these strongholds, these emotions, you will miss out on the good things that God has for you, right? So you have to first accept that they're there. You've got them, I got them, we've all got them. we all got some stuff we don't like that rolls around our head and our heart. Accept it and be willing to take a swing at it. But to take a swing at it, you have to understand that it's a signpost and not a goalpost. Don't run around, well, I felt like doing this, so I did it. That's a dumb thing to say, right? Because the enemy will put thoughts into your head. Your past will put thoughts into your head. And let's be real, sometimes we do have a few dumb thoughts of our own, right? Let's not even always blame Satan. There's a lot of Christians. you You think Satan himself had nothing better to do than just to harass this one individual. All right, we do dumb things on our own but to beat every one of those dumb things you have to be willing to engage well I don't know where my goal posts are I tell you how you find out you actually engage you open the word well I don't know where to open start somewhere read something if you want to be a great rugby player and you don't know what to do with training just go for a run start somewhere thinking about being great doesn't make you great actually running makes you great right so you've got to be willing to engage God's will is if you, you don't understand this let me just be blunt God's will is actually for you to do that God's will is for you to do that. God does not want you ignoring the chocolate cake. There you go. That's the word of the Lord for somebody. Enjoy those calories. Sometimes we do it alone with the Lord. Sometimes we do it with a good Christian friend. Sometimes we do it with a Christian counsellor. A lot of people are weird about counsellors. I don't know why. You know, coaching is good. If I was in a boxing match and I wanted to win, I'd probably get a coach. If you're not winning the grief battle, Get, a, get, a, get some coaching, right? If you're not winning the relationship battle, you keep going through the same issues again, get a coach, right? Nothing wrong with Christian counselling. But if you've got an issue with it, that's cool, more power to you. Here's my thought. Think about what you're thinking about. Why does it fire you up so much? Why are you cool with a coach in every other area of your life but this area causes such a strong emotional reaction? Have a think about that. That's fun. Merry Christmas. Um, get the keys up if I could, please. I've just flipped my thing, which if you're new to church, is a universal sign. <sighs> He's done. We have to think about what we're thinking about. If you don't turn up, you don't win. It doesn't matter how good we are. We've got to be willing to engage. We've got to be willing to engage. I feel like praying for some people. I might be praying for a lot of people. I read this scripture and I prayed for myself. (laughs) I'm like... Dang it! I think I, all three of these points I need to hear them. <laughs> I was writing a sermon for Phil. So if you ever hear me drive, if you ever see me driving and I'm talking, I'm probably preaching to myself, right? I was preaching this message to myself because uh, I don't know what you're like. But there are times I don't want to accept some of those thoughts in my head. I, I just like I'm just like I just if I close my eyes, then they're not real. But they just keep hitting me so I've just had to learn it's time to take a swing back at some of the areas of my life time to crack open the piñata because when I do goodness and blessing and mercy flow from it get all hung up on what Satan's doing do you know what the demonic you don't understand God is still using Satan to build good things in your life don't get hung up on what he's doing get hung up on what God's doing every attack is another signpost to take you to the piñata take you to the piñata take you to the piñata oh Satan's attacking this church of course he is it's fantastic it's more signpost because I wasn't sure where to go and now he's put another 25 out I'm pretty confident we're going this way don't get hung up on what the devil's doing get hung up on what God's doing Yes, it means you can't take advice from signposts. And yes, annoyingly, it means sometimes you have to stop and dig up Scripture or open up to somebody else if you're not sure what Scripture and say, I'm struggling with this. Can you give me a few goalposts that I can kick towards? But if you do that and you engage, not only will you have victory, but to the victors come the spoils, right? Healing, blessing, anointing, they flow out of that victory. To pray for a couple of groups of people. First group of people, because this is the most important bit. All this is great, and God gives you the weapons, but He gives you the weapons through Jesus, which means you need to have a relationship with Jesus. You might have the best shop in the entire world, but if you can't get there, <laughs> you can't get the weapons, right? You can't get the victory. That is Jesus. Asking if you believe in Jesus, the devil believes in Jesus. Whoop-de-do, right? Now, asking if you attend church, although I think that that's a great thing to do, or read the Bible, although I think that that's a fantastic thing too. I'm asking: Is Jesus Christ, Lord and Saviour of your life? That's entry into the shop, basically, right? Is He Lord, which means He's in charge, which means you're willing to let Him ask the hard questions. Maybe you're even willing to let Him challenge some of the parts of your heart right now. It's a couple pinnyarders. You're like, I don't want to take a swing at that. He's like, take a swing at it, right? And you're like, that's what being Lord means. You'll listen to Him. Asking, is he Lord and Savior of your life? Some of you have never ever done this before, and your heart's been really hard in your chest. That's him knocking on the door of your heart, saying, Let me in. Others, you have actually done that, but if you're really honest while I've been preaching, you're like, I'm not sure if this is actually me anymore. And it's kind of like, you know, like the delight of the Lord. You haven't delighted him in a long time, and so now you're sitting on the throne of your heart, and he's like, I think that seat belongs to me. And you've got to decide now whether you're going to get up and He's going to sit down so I'm going to get everyone to close your eyes I'm not asking what you put on Facebook I'm not asking what you tell your mum your dad or your kids I'm asking is Jesus Christ Lord and Saviour of your life I will pray for all the strongholds and issues in a second but before I do that I need to give you the tools for victory and that comes through Jesus so if you're here and you need Jesus I'm going to pray for you I'm not going to do anything weird or embarrassing you stay there I'll stay here Right? I'm going to pray just a simple prayer. But so I know who I'm praying for. Well, everyone's got their eyes closed so that you've got privacy because it's between you and God. If that's you and you're like, Phil, pray for me, please. Can I get you just to slip up your hand and I'll pray for you. If that's you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Yes, I see the hand at the back. Thank you. I see the hand at the back. Anybody else? Thank you. Awesome. I see that hand here's what we're going to do I'm going to pray a little repeat after me prayer because like I said I'm giving you the tools right very simple I'll say the words you say them after me and so you're not saying it on your own so you don't feel outed because as I said we're all in this world we're a family right? this church is a family I'm going to get every single Christian to pray along with you and hey we're in a church there's heaps of Christians right are you ready church dear Lord Jesus please come into my life please forgive me for my sins please be my saviour And be my Lord. Help me to follow You. Help me to walk in victory all the days of my life. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Come on, can we give all those people a hand? We are so stoked at the decision that you've made. If you're wondering, what do I do with that decision? Well, I think there's three things you do. I think the first thing is you should tell someone, like I've been talking about, right? Don't do life alone tell somebody if you don't know who to tell just tell me tell chris to tell somebody tell pastor jack tell somebody right get a bible we just read a couple verses and look at what happened in your life imagine if you were doing that every day you'd be killing it right so get a bible if you don't have one we'll give you one if you're one of those people that loses everything we'll help you install an app on your phone that has no ads hello right we'll look after you and you know to help you unpack and understand all that created this thing it's called Foundations Online it's just a little email it goes out for 12 days and then we won't hassle you ever again it just explains the decision so you don't have to have a long two hour combo with me afterwards and die of water get it out to you last thing is find a church you know I mean, Queensland's great. But we wouldn't have won the match if one bloke was running out on the field, right? We'd have gotten cleaned up. Okay. Sometimes we need friends. Who knows what I'm saying? Okay. If you're not from this area, because I think this is a good church, don't you? Yeah. The first three rows. For the rest of the visitors who're visiting on a Sunday morning, if you're from another area, if you're from Mount Isa and you've just driven down, let us know. I'll hook you up with a church wherever you're from. I'll do our best to do it. The last group of people that I just feel like I want to pray for. I want to pray for people who want victory in their heart and mind. If you want victory, stand to your feet. Come on, suit up, stand to your feet. If you feel like I need some victory, stand to your feet. I'm standing because we all need victory, I think. I'm standing because when I read that verse, I'm like, I think it's talking about me. I think it's talking about you. Why don't you raise your hand? I watched everybody raise their hand when they were tries scored, when there was goals kicked because we were excited. Go Queensland on the winning side. But there's a greater victory coming than on Wednesday night. That's the victory when the power of the Holy Spirit is at work in your life tear down strongholds, to cast down arguments to, 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 to come after the, the lofty thoughts and the issues and the problems and the stuff I believe that God wants you to have victory right now, that's why He put this Scripture in there, not to tease you but to give you a hope and a future so right now, front to back, left to right, if you want victory raise your hands God I just thank You so much that You are the King of victory that You walk in power and might and splendour that when you walk in the room, even the demons bow and pay attention, Lord Jesus. And I thank you, Lord God, as your people, we are on your side. We are marching on your field. We wear your colours. Our jersey drip red with your blood, Jesus. Our heart burning bright with the power of the Holy Spirit. God. I am. Alive. Thank you for joining our podcast. We hope you were blessed by today's message. You can connect with us at shilochurch.com.au